0: Welcome to Season 7, Episode 5 of the Black Women Working Podcast. I don't know why I said it like that. Season 7, Episode (laughs) (laughs) 5. You're right now. Well, clearly not. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly not. Um, I hope it's not reflective of today's episode. Go away. How about that? (laughs) Um, My Hmm. name is... Yeah, no, you're not. Usually I'm not the nice one. Let me, anyway. No, let me let you land and be horrible. Go on. <laughs> let, let me land. So, this is season seven, episode five. I've probably said that like five times now. Um, For those who don't know, my name is Natalie and I'm hosting today's episode and I'm joined by my lovely, lovely, lovely co-host, Chantel. Um, hey guys. Let's just do, hey, thank you for joining me tonight. Um, let's just do some housekeeping. Um, you can follow us at, at BWW Podcast UK on Instagram and Twitter. Um, our website is www.blackwomenworking.com. We have lots of information on there, all of our previous episodes. We have a little bit about us, our mission, what we are trying to achieve. Um, what we are working
1: the- to achieve
0: exactly what we are what yeah, I like that actually thank you for correcting me in love what we are working to achieve and um, yes yeah, so please follow subscribe like interact um, you know we want to reach as many black women as possible and we can only do that with your help so today I want to talk about something that is quite important to me I feel like every subject I talk about is important to me is that a good thing or a bad thing I don't know I don't always talk about the best things at work. So now I'm kind of triggered. I've like triggered myself.
1: <laughs> it's all right. This is our safe space. So you oh, can untrigger.
0: Okay. okay. Or press I trigger, think... whichever. I way. don't know. What's untrigger. I can you even untr- anyway. I digress. Um, so I want to talk about toxic work environments. Now I feel like a lot of the conversations we're having around work, being black women in work are getting a lot better. People are being a lot more open about their lived experience at work. And I'm currently consistently hearing about the word toxic, whether that's toxic relationships, toxic family environments, toxic home environments. And that's kind of overflowed into toxic work environments. And I think we had a lot of conversation during the pandemic when, well, not I think, I know, we had a lot of conversation in the pandemic when we as a society we were allowed to work at home a lot more. People who previously didn't have the opportunity to work at home could work at home. And when it came back to returning to work, and I'm sure we did an episode on returning to work, didn't we?
1: Yeah. Come on. And there were there were some stats around oh oh you want the history. Uh, I know I, I actually don't episode. have this one to head I, know you- I think <gasps> it's I think it's season five, episode one. It's definitely season five because that was that yeah, was the pandemic post pandemic. Yeah um Exceeding. but the stats were the stats were really around people it wasn't just like oh i don't want to go back to work because i like working from home mm. there were there was commentary mm. around feeling safer feeling less oppressed actually being yeah. more productive yeah um so many surveys and and, do you know what on that it would be interesting to see Hmm. what the follow-up was because all there were a lot of surveys and stats around um particularly around how black women feel about going back to work but then what well now you've got that information what are you doing with it
0: do you know what I feel like a lot of the time and this is probably like an aside but something we need to talk about is that there seems to be a lot more information, especially about Black British women and their lived experience at work than there there was like previously. I remember when we first started doing this podcast, hmm. was it 2019?
1: Yeah, well, was 2018 it... in the planning 2019
0: yeah, launch. Yeah, 2018. Woo-woo. Yeah, 2019. Oh gosh, it's our third birthday soon. Or has it gone already?
1: It is. It's gone.
0: September. Oh, it's like when you have a child and then someone's like, how old is your child? And you're like, um, does that happen? Does that happen as a parent? No, that's, that doesn't,
1: it doesn't happen, babes.
0: You just stop counting them. I to happen months. to me. I feel like it will happen to me. But anyway. Yeah, you'll be like, they're alive. <laughs> <laughs> like every day they're alive. I'm going to pat myself on the back. I don't need to, you know what I mean? Be specific. anyway. With chronology. <laughs> with specifics. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember when we first started, it was a struggle. Every time we wanted to talk about something specifically and we wanted to do research because we do like to bring facts and figures. I think statistics, while they're not the be and end all, and they don't compromise, they don't come above lived experience, they can be very helpful at, you know, painting a perspective as to what our experiences in work are. And a lot of the time, a lot of the statistics that I was looking at were based um, on the Black experiences, experiences of Black women in the US. And there was hardly anything about um, black women in the UK. And that is really changing. And I've seen there seems to be a lot more statistics around black women in the UK wanting to work from home, talking about working from home and also separately making the decision to leave the workplace, leave a toxic yeah. environment to to start their own thing, to become entrepreneurs. And that's not always necessarily taking a side hustle and making it into a full-time entrepreneurship um, journey it's also kind of in their professions deciding listen for me I'm going to consult or I'm going to run my own practice or I'm going to start and I feel like a lot of that has to do with the fact in my opinion that we are in a lot of toxic work environments and I think pre-pandemic, that was very much normalized as this is what I need to get on with or accept if I want to be successful in my career. And, you know, if I can't take it, I try and move somewhere else. But I know that eventually moving somewhere else, I'll come up against the same things after a while, but I'll enjoy it while while I'm not suffering. So, I mean, Do you know, on I, that
1: note, yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's worth celebrate celebrating toxic work um workplaces. In that no. <laughs> we call it out. No, in that we call it out now. It's no longer just like, yeah, oh, that's just the way definitely. it is, and I'm putting up with it. The fact that we can say this is a toxic work environment means we know something's not right, mm-hmm. and we're not putting it on ourselves anymore. Mm-hmm. So, high five to us on that.
0: Definitely. Um. So one of the things I wanted to discuss between us. Saying um a lot today. Bear with me. One of the things i want to discuss between us is like what makes like a toxic work environment now i typed into google toxic work environment and there was a website called careercontessa.com and they gave me 10 signs you're in a toxic work environment um one of these was bad communication which i absolutely agree with so it's the idea that nobody knows what they're doing you don't know where the instructions come from and when there's bad, poor i would say poor communication um you're more likely to make mistakes you're more likely to have anxiety because you don't have any clarity on what's expected of you and so I definitely agree that can make a an environment toxic because ultimately every situation is a jump and how high there's no there's like no respite because you're always waiting to to be told that you need to do something or you you're kind of in the dark trying to figure things out, and I personally hate that. The second was like kind of cliquey and gossipy behavior, which I agree with. The third was poor leadership. Absolutely. The fourth, I thought this was um, really interesting. I don't know if you agree with this one. Let me know. But it was unmotivated co-workers. So The mm-hmm. idea that if you are working in an environment where people are not motivated, that environment is toxic. Now, I didn't necessarily agree with that because I felt like People can be unmotivated for so many different reasons. And I feel like unmotivated in and of itself is pretty subjective because it's like, if I'm always giving 150% and there's somebody else who's comfortable giving 75%, am I the fool or are they the fool? Which one?
1: Yeah, and I I guess it's the impact of that lack of motivation Um, Mm. because we all have different reasons and pulls to our workplace Mm. right and and Mm. how much work means to people varies I think it's it's how that translates in terms of their productivity their communication their leadership it's how it falls into the other things unmotivated I don't think I have that big an issue with because some people work is just for the bread and butter right come and earn money and go home but do what you've got to do
0: yeah. I don't I think, you like,
1: with your bells every day.
0: I think so. And I think where it becomes a problem is if people aren't doing what they're supposed to do because they are motivated. But in the same breath, mm. there's so many things that can be happening outside of the workplace in relation to that individual's life, that individual's viewpoint, their perspective of themselves, their ambition. That's that's but also probably-
1: And it also can be symptomatic of the workplace, like if they're Mm. not being challenged, if they're not being respected, if, Mm. you know, they've been doing the same thing for 20 years and nothing's changing. So
0: in in that sense, then it would, that would be like a key component Mm. of a toxic work environment if that's why people are unmotivated. The next one, something you mentioned just now, stifled growth. How many times have we experienced this, this? <laughs> <laughs> i a hundred percent agree with this. Like working environment where you're not being stretched, like Shan said, you're not being challenged, you're not growing. That's a that is a big problem. This one as well, rapid employee turnover. I don't know, I felt like slightly triggered by this, because in my workplace we had a we had a big turnover. Um I think pre-pandemic it started and then through the pandemic it just rolled and like rolled, rolled on. But I wouldn't say that my workplace is toxic. I would just be like, the game is the game and the market is hot. And it's like, if you know you can go somewhere else and get more money or get what you want, why would you stay? And I feel like people were like, we're not going to show Sometimes that royalty.
1: turnover is needed to get rid of toxicity.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, no work-life balance. I agree. Again, mm. it, again, it depends. Like If everybody is not being able to have a balance, because everybody's being overworked is toxic. But then again, I've had to learn from my personal experience that not having a work-life balance sometimes can be something that's due to my own emotional position or how I'm viewing work, how I'm feeling about myself. So um, I think that swings both ways. You feel burnout, again. Okay. No forward movement. I feel like as an organisation, it's important to communicate a message that we are all aiming towards something. And I feel like if we're not aiming towards anything, that's just me, personally, what are we doing? Whether it makes workplace toxic, I don't know. And your gut is telling you, your spirit it's is taking you to the place. <laughs> it's racist. <laughs> <No>. It's racist. <laughs> well, you know what? That's, the thing is, I wouldn't even say that, but what I thought was really interesting about this list, um, and I'm not going to drag career contesters because I don't want to get anyone to DM us and attack us, But I really felt it was interesting that they didn't talk about discrimination, whether it Mm. is um, covert or overt, or you know, conscious or unconscious. You know, I don't believe in unconscious bias anyway. Um, They didn't say anything about that making a workplace be toxic. And then I went and yeah, because that's that's only in your
1: gut. It's only in your gut. That's what I mean.
0: No, not necessarily. I don't even think that's like that, because the gut can be like this place is just not a great place for you to be at. Period. Um, whereas I feel like the the to me the list should have specifically referred to racism or racial discrimination because it's like any discrimination, any dis exactly any discrimination makes that workplace in and of itself, um, toxic. And so, you know, I had to go and Google the about us page. You know, I had to look at the about the team page. And you know what I want to say, but I don't want to say because I don't want beef. But again, it's something to think about when looking at these articles online as a black woman trying to get advice about how to how to run your career, how to run your, per, your professional progression. Just check mm. where the information is coming from, because things that are important to your lived experience may not be important mm. to the writer's lived experience if they still don't understand intersectionality. Um, understand you know making an allowance for anyone else's lived experience outside of their own so yeah Mm -hmm. something for us to think about what has been your most
1: toxic environment?
0: they have all apart from the last one been toxic like they have been how do you say contaminated land in need of urgent remediation They've been very smelly. Um, they've been green and like neon. You know when you used to watch like Powerpuff Girls and they'd have this green, bright, this green, bright neon glue, and you be it's like, so don't touch it. it, it's toxic. And then something would drop in it, and it would like, and you see like in the smoke. They've all been pretty crap, to be honest. And I think the things that have been difficult or that have made my work environments toxic, some of them were in the list. But again, racism, racial discrimination were a big deal. I think the most important thing was just not respecting boundaries. And it was this whole idea that, you know, your job is your sacrifice and there should be no time that you don't answer, that you don't respond. And I think having that internalised at such a young age, at such an early stage in your career is really unhealthy because you, you can't do it all. You can't respond to every email. You can't keep every single plate spinning no matter how much you try and no matter how much you manage expectations you're only human and I feel to work in an environment where that was internalized on top of the racial discrimination coming to environment being the only black women so feeling like you need to hail it up for every single black woman all of that multiplied and mixed in and fried down and put stewed down into one it just led to a big massive green smelly pie of neon toxicity for all of them I feel like in a way you know when you say like big up toxic work environments to an extent I agree because I feel like if I was in a toxic work environment at my last firm you wouldn't have BWW because one of the big things um was mm. that I was like I cannot be mad this cannot be all in my head I want to talk to other people whereas everything was chill and everything was cool there'd be nothing to, to yeah
1: talk about.
0: um but I think another thing that makes a work environment toxic for me is um the expectation to work for free, and I've been doing a lot of reading um into d n i like just as a the diversity was it equity and inclusion or thing there and um I feel like any workplace that expects you because you're a black woman to um work for free to provide diversity work um diversity consulting um diversity contributions and not pay you for it or not give you any credit for it um I think that's toxic
1: well this is the thing yeah it's I think this is the thing about like really unpicking and understanding what the values of your workplace are and how they align to your own and not only that but how they're communicated right because Mm -hmm. like the idea of free work is basically like do you actually value in this in that example with dni do you actually value it like what place does it really have in your in your institution in your organization for the people that you serve your stakeholders and the movement so when you um you know require volunteers or a nice project which is usually underpaid if paid at all um the question is, you know, how much do you value this piece of work? What are you doing it for? And then the communication of it relates to, like, I've been, like, reading and following stuff on how you even identify toxic workplaces before you're there. So there's a lot of memes and content at the moment about red flags at the interview or red flags at the application and f- phrases like... um, Oh, what do you call it? Phrases like "Oh, we're a family here." Nah, that sounds really, really nice. We're a family here, but by using "family," that's emotive language, and there's also there's like that expectation that I'm gonna do for you what I do for my son and my mum. N- no, um, so it's kind of pulling on your heartstrings, and it's and work is not the same, or like, oh, it's a high a high pressured environment. High pressured environment means: Are your systems in place? Is your communication right? Are your timelines and your milestones right? Because why is it why is it high pressured, fam? Like, I should be able to work. And yes, certain workplaces are more intense than others, but the language around it has you fooled in terms of like, you know, this is how we are versus we are toxic.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've worked for businesses that talked about. um being a family um as a firm like a brand family um and i've never looked at it like that because it's not something that's it's not something that that's used on a micro level it's more on a macro macro level and it's not language that's invoked all the time if that makes sense so i've kind of felt like as part of our branding the idea is i feel like was we're a family we work together we support each other I don't think it was ever in my view from my personal experience meant to be super emotive I think it was just meant to say well not just meant to say it is meant to say that we take pride in what we do we work hard and we we want to be a nice working environment where everyone feels comfortable and everyone can thrive so say that then that's what they do say that
1: without saying we're a family
0: I think that's pernickety. I don't really think <laughs> I don't really think it makes a difference because you can I agree with you but I, I kind of don't I kinda of don't agree with you. It's not the difference between a friend and a work friend. Your friend at work is not unless that person becomes your actual brethren, which is very possible, like there's gotta be a hierarchy of people who your friends at work and people who you are actual people, even though you say that's my friend in your head. I feel like if a workplace says family and you, you're thinking to treat your boss like your mum, you're a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> forgive me. Like, play, treat your mum. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, what? <laughs> it's just like, I get it to a point, but then sometimes I'm just like, can we have, so- like there's no time Someone talked about a workplace family. I've been like, okay, my mum and my dad or my boss, which one? Don't know, the emotions. <laughs> Like, no, sorry, but I get what you're trying to say, like if it's done in a manipulative way, absolutely, yeah. but I feel like a lot of language that workplaces use you know are mini- are are very manipulative and they're designed to be manipulative to make you feel a blo- like a loyalty to a workplace that you don't need, and I always think to myself, you know, if I dropped dead tomorrow. They would be fine. And it's like once I actually accepted that, then I was like, well, you know, if I walk out and the 318 knocks me down, yeah, and I'm out God for counting. God Like God forbid, but those bus drivers are a bit crazy. God forbid. Like they'll be fine. And so sometimes yeah. I I like I wonder how much of the bout ba- how much of it is we hear these words and where is our emotional resilience or wherever, where is our discernment or following our gut instinct to be like this is genuine this is not genuine but anyway I feel like working for free any environment that wants you to work for free whether that's doing diversity work whether that's doing a management task or management and leadership work when you are not a manager when you're not paid to be a manager is super 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 toxic if you want me to be a senior member if you want me to lead you need to pay me to
1: do, that. do you know what? But then, you know, we 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 kind of go backwards and forwards now on this sort of looking inwards, looking outwards and just making sure mm-hmm. that like you and it, and it links back to boundaries and your own personal yeah, exactly. goals and volition like there are times where you might find that like that sort of circumstance serves you but you mm. have to be in control of knowing the purpose of this is why it. you're doing that that you're not being exploited and used um if that's this how they want to roll and run with it for the till thy kingdom come then let them roll and run by themselves you don't have to do that marathon with them but I, i think i say that to say we have to be conscious of how much we
0: facilitate and allow for toxic yeah, behavior. Yeah. See, I always struggle with it because I feel like some institutions just behave in toxic ways, and then in, as individuals, we get wrapped up in it, and we need to extricate ourselves from that. But then I don't want to. I'm half in, half out because I'm like, I don't want to place the responsibility on again another responsibility on us as Black women <laughs> to um, to do the to do the work in terms yeah. of like we're in a toxic working environment but then we feel like we're to blame because we got sucked into it but it's again i feel like one thing that this season is teaching me and one thing maybe is just coming to like the 10th year in my career and just having a more reflective um perspective getting therapy and stuff like that, is just that you have to and this kind of goes on to my next point about how do you cope in these environments is that you have to have a perspective in terms of where work is where work is in your life at that time. Yeah. And I feel like if you if you've done the work and you've done the true assessment of your environment, you could be in a toxic work environment. But by putting in particular boundaries, um, certain perspectives, being very aligned with your goals, even in a toxic work environment, with a hell of a lot of work and emotional resilience you can thrive. Would I recommend that you stay in a toxic work environment for an extended period of time on a promise of promotion or something like that? Absolutely not. The same way I would not recommend that you run two to three marathons back to back. It doesn't make sense. But I do feel like part of our journey in surviving these toxic workplaces is understanding the perspective of work is work and work, your work is not your life and Mm. you know you've gone through a career change which I've really admired watching from the sidelines and I've always had you know this particular career but I feel like I'm probably most confident in my career now when I accept that work is just work and it's not my life Um, Mm. and I can still be a good lawyer without doing blood sacrifice every single day do you (laughs) see what I mean 100%
1: and we touched on we touched on a lot of this actually in um the episode let's talk about episode break my soul um yeah because yeah work and and we're going to talk about it a little bit later on in the season when we talk about professional identities and versus your own identity Mm. but to me I'm like yeah I I work to earn a living because I'm supposed to live not live to work and they do become very into they do become very entwined because we spend so much time there and the stakes are so high mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, the role yeah, that exactly work has to yeah. play in our lives. It pays our bills. It, it keeps us safe. It keeps, you know, the roof over our heads, but there is, so- you were not born uh, a lawyer. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm going to explore that in the, in the um, professional identity, but you weren't born mm-hmm to be that person and you know if I was born into a different family I would have been a queen somewhere <laughs> or a footballer's wife somewhere I would have who knows rich. Do you know what I mean I would have you know I yeah, generational wealth so, who knows? I feel and and also yeah. you know that meant that mentality again we touched on it season five episode eight the unconscious massa the mentality mm. for black people black women in particular in terms of the role of work and that hierarchy mm. of like um you know you do the most and it's not um Mm -hmm. and what's the word it's not like an interdependency rather it's like oh I've got to do Mm -hmm. this I've got to do this or my boss bruv this is not a plantation you are Mm -hmm. multi-skilled multi-talented and there are many 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 workplaces whether it's in your Mm -hmm. field or outside of so Mm -hmm. once you sort of respect and and take into perspective everything that's of value in your life including everything Mm. of yourself um Mm. we can start to manage we can start to manage
0: I think it's most I think it's most important as well to be like you know my job can be hard and I can like it but Mm -hmm. it's okay for me to stop liking my job and being good at my job cannot be a reinforcement of my self-confidence and sometimes yeah I I think we have suffered and we do suffer in the workplace, especially in toxic work environments. Um, and one thing I haven't said that I want to make clear is I feel like when we are talking about toxic work environments for black women, I feel like the majority, maybe 95% of the environments we work in are toxic because you've got everything in that career contest list, fair enough. But you've also got microaggressions. You've also got people touching your hair. You've also got um, people making flippant comments you've also got hyper-visi- hypervisibility you've also got um, you know consistent negative feedback um, the intersection of sexism and racism regardless of you know all these different things that have been put in place such as fast mentoring mentoring mm. this program that program on top of all of that you're then expected to be diversity queen diversity beacon like it's, I struggle when I put this together and I don't want to broad brush it because I don't people like my workplace isn't toxic. But I kind of struggle to 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 kind of understand what would be a safe envi- work environment for mm. a black woman in the first place because it seems like the institution of work is a stronghold and simply reinforces what we're going through in other areas in our lives, such as healthcare, education the state interfering with our family life um mm. you know the lack of generational wealth the like more likelihood to be incarcerated for longer period of time we could go on and could go on and we've covered these things yeah. multiple times but I think when you think about all of those things it's very very easy to see how being good at your job um and overworking can bolster your self-confidence but it becomes mm. like a really nasty dependency in the sense of as soon as you get a pat on the back or you get a told well done, the dopamine and the kind of positive reinforcement that gets released from that, you're chasing more of that. And then you begin to lose. Then you begin to lose the boundaries between work and life and lose that perspective. And so I always bring it back to you. If you're in a toxic work environment, even if you're not, you have to put things in perspective and that's the first step to take and you need to realize that whatever's happening here this is just work this is not my life and so if I'm struggling here that doesn't mean I'm a failure in life because someone at work is giving me a hard time it doesn't mean I'm I'm not a good person because someone at work is bullying me like just trying to separate the two because if not You can get yourself really in a funk where you don't want to do anything because you can't get this area, which you've been set up to fail in technically anyway. You can't get that. that,
1: That's where it's important to understand your worth. And I would say, if anything, you need to be able to understand the difference between validation and affirmation. And so, in terms of what you're describing, is like, remember it's also remembering like sometimes toxic work environments are literally one toxic person and sometimes it's your line manager sometimes it's your co-worker the person Mm. that you work closest with and what what um you experience as toxic is a projection of their desires or their lack of and so you then begin to work and subscribe to their version of what it means to be good so let's take a really common example like working hours and the whole Mm -hmm. idea of like people who come in early and leave late and if you don't subscribe to that you might be um subject to some sort of criticism whether it's over or underhand and like for that person who wants to come in and work early maybe they don't Work late, maybe they don't have a family, maybe they are happy to be under the thumb and now and pressure of whatever forces <clears throat> are above them or whatever they perceive to be a good worker and they project that onto you. So then, when you're doing it their way, it's validation. Oh, tick, yes, yes, pat on the back. But if you know what your worth is and you know what you're good for, everything in terms of compliments and progression is just an affirmation you already knew it you don't need it to come externally so when it's not coming you're still good you're still good within yourself because you know what you're good for it's just that maybe it's not being vocalized and maybe it's not being recognized and that is important and understanding that if you're not going to get it from work there are other places other than yourself that you can get it from and because it is important yes maybe you want to work somewhere that is a bit more supportive and is a bit more um that acknowledges and recognizes your strengths and your talents but we really need to think about separating is is that dopamine feeling something that is
0: validating me
1: or is it affirming
0: yeah yeah definitely and, and that's a difficult one, but focusing kind of more on like kind of practical tips, I feel like that is important to talk about because I, I think until you've got in your head that balance, you might not even mm-hmm. you might be so blinkered you might not even be able to realize that the way that you're you're acting or the environment that you're in is pretty toxic. Um, I think one thing that I've heard about, which I thought was very very interesting, that people are doing when they're not happy at work. Um, is quiet quitting and it's something i actually want to do a separate episode on because i do find it um a very very interesting concept but effectively it's just when you're like yeah i've had enough but i still want to get paid so i'm not going to quit but i'm going to do the bare minimum of what i need to do and i feel like a, a step up from that or maybe a step down from that depending on how you look at things is just to withdraw and put very set boundaries in place. And it's funny because I was talking to my friend and she's got a new job and she was telling me about the fact that her new job is pretty intense. And I said to her, like, look, sometimes when we start a job, we want to go above and beyond just to pass our a patient, just to prove ourselves. But you have to set boundaries and setting boundaries is not easy. And setting boundaries takes confidence. As well, but so what's the
1: practical tip? Quietly quit, or what well, how do we set well, up? That's boundaries? what I'm su- I was just
0: literally just going to explain. So, a way to deal with these things is just to have boundaries for yourself personally. First of all, that you won't cross. So, a boundary could be I'm not going to work past a certain time. A boundary could be I'm not going to start work before a certain time. A boundary could be I'm not going to do things outside of my job description because I don't get paid for them. Alternatively. Mm-hmm. I'm going to avoid working with specific people in a team where possible because I know the way that these people work, it doesn't work for me. Quite quitting, obviously, is you just do it again, making a decision to do the bare minimum. And I feel like that is extreme boundaries in place in the sense of you're gonna, you're comfortable to be like, actually, I've done enough. I'm not gonna do anything more. I'll respond to emails, I'll take on it, I'll take on the bare minimum I can get away with. But I think a step from that is just, first of all, knowing how you want your working day to be and what would make your working life better and seeking to put boundaries in place. And if it's getting to a point where, you know, you, you can't work with your line manager because he or she is so toxic and you try and put boundaries in place and those boundaries are continued, rolled, continually rolled over or disrespected, then again, that's a sign that you need to to find a new workplace. But the reason I mentioned an example of my friend is because if you're, if you don't learn how to put boundaries in place at an old workplace or a new workplace, your new workplace can end up being a very toxic environment with no boundaries because you haven't set those rules up from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So I think the tip here is to identify what you need to feel a lot better about your workplace and your live, your living experience at work and, The next step is that is what boundaries can you put in place to improve your lived experience? So, for example, a boundary could be, you know, if there is a work from home policy and everyone, do you know what I mean, comes in, you can be like, actually, no, my work from home policy says I am actually allowed to work from home one day a week. And so I'm gonna do it because that's what the policy that's what the policy says. Now right. you may get a lot of grief from a team member, but right. that working home, working from home, and that's one of the tips as well. That one day a week gives you one day of respite, one day of agency, mm. one day to actually just have a breather, to have to have space from a toxic environment, to just come up for air. Mm. Now, if your policy allows you, your HR policy allows you to do that once a week, just do it. Because you're allowed to do it. Do you see what I'm trying to say? It's about thinking about, I'm in a situation, I'm not happy. What could possibly be better in order for me to be happy? Where can I put physical boundaries in place that I reinforce? Again, putting them on a list, ticking them off. Even if you put like reminders in your calendar, start, finish, don't work beyond, taking a full lunch break, all of these type of things, just to protect your peace that I think that's the best way one of the best ways to deal with it in my view
1: yeah and I think people shy away from these things like even from the interview stage like you obviously you want to get a job and you want to present as your best self but sometimes these are really important questions if you are moving on from one place to the other and you know Mm -hmm. like there are certain things that drove you away from your previous workplace then navigate that like mitigate that ask and ask at your new workplace at the interview what is your work from home policy what's your childcare policy what's your menopause policy what's your whatever it is that wasn't in place in your previous um Mm -hmm. at your previous organization to make sure that you're getting it in your new one as well and if it makes you look like a bad person or it turns their nose up then that's the answer, that maybe this place isn't for you and that's okay because you don't want to step into one bad situation, from one bad situation to another.
0: Exactly. And I think, again, I don't want to put too much emphasis on the individual, but there are things that we can do just as part of our self-care and looking after ourselves professionally. I think the next thing I was going to say, but I mentioned it already, is working from home where possible. Um... I think just working from home in general when you are in a stressful environment is good simply because it's less code switching, it's less wasted time in terms of you can be more efficient, you can have more time to yourself, whether that's time to meditate, clean your house, chat to your mum on the phone, whatever you want to do. But separately, I feel like you kind of just need space. When I've worked in toxic work environments, the anxiety I felt every day on the train, on the way to work has been really difficult and has probably taken up maybe 10 to 20% of my energy that I could have used for that day. The idea that I could just be in bed or I could be meditating or I could be going for a run or I could be doing something instead of being on the public transport, being anxious about coming to work, that's 10 times better for you. And I think sometimes a lot of that anxiety is just having to bump into those people, having to share a room with someone you don't like, having to see those people in the corridor in the kitchen in the kind of communal areas. And at the end of the day, if you're at home, you don't have to do that. And even if you have a Zoom call, a Zoom call is not the same as physically being with someone who makes you feel uncomfortable. So to the extent that it's possible to work from home in those moments where you're in a toxic work environment and you need to protect your peace, you should, like I said before, like rinse in that work from home policy where possible.
1: Yeah agreed yeah. agreed um I don't really thought about practical texts. Uh, I think, and I think I take for granted the journey that i've been that I've been on, but I think, and you did say, say it earlier like there's a level of confidence that comes with it, and I think it's it's very broad sweeping it's not very practical, but like being authentically you like existing as you are and knowing what you bring to the workplace and who you are is so important in sort of eradicating and chipping at um any any toxic person or organization because it's it's literally the the you, you're not going to break me and it doesn't have to be contentious it's just a sort of I guess the being authentically you is the is the merit is the umbrella for everything that you're saying it's like these are my boundaries this is what I believe in this is what I'm not going to go for this is what I want and standing by that um will ultimately force people into a space where they're not going to mistreat you because you're just not going to allow for it
0: yeah and your authentic
1: and, self wouldn't allow for that
0: and I think one of my final tips and I hate people kind of don't like this one but it's the most important thing is the thing that's preserved me I feel in my career for this song is if you in a toxic work environment just leave like sometimes we're, we punish ourselves and we really want to survive an environment want to reprove that you know they can't break us they can't do this and that there's so <laughs> many other work like you said earlier in the episode there's so many other places you can work just leave and I mean black women are leaving the workplace in and of itself in droves to start their own businesses to start their own companies to work independently and you know this is a big problem really for the corporate world in terms of they're losing a massive pool of, ten- of talent because they don't know how to not be racist and sexist and horrible and micromanaging um and discriminative so for me personally, the thing that I that's preserved me in my career, dealing with toxic work environments, is to be like, okay, I've been here for two years, two and a half years. They're acting mad since month one. It's now month twenty five, month twenty six. It's just getting worse. How about right. I'm just going to leave and go some somewhere else? And I feel like even in the legal industry, it's kind of frowned upon. Like if you've worked at more than two to three firms in your career, but I had to keep searching until I found the the firm that was right for me and I had to be pretty intentional about what I wanted and I feel like you sometimes don't know what a good workplace is if you've only ever worked in one place mm. it's like if you've only ever had one man you might not you might think that man is the best man ever and then you get a new man and you're like wow this is amazing what the hell why yeah. have I been suffering all this time but you only ever had one man so how was you <laughs> meant to know? It's like if you eat porridge. it's like if you eat porridge every day of your life and then you go to eat core more porridge, you'd be like, wow, people, wow, Mm. wow. So I feel like (laughs) working in different workplaces, even though I've worked in different law firms, it's really allowed me to see kind of what behaviour is common across law firms that I'm never going to escape if I decide this is the career I want. But secondly, what is not acceptable? And I feel like the more you get seen and when you join a new place, you can be like, nah, not today. Like, not for me. You've got a little bit more agency to be like, I'll do this, but I won't do that. And I feel like, like you've just said, you you feel a lot of guilt about it. But I think. One thing I would say that wasn't on my list, but is really important. is if you can afford it, get therapy, because. I alternate. think you say this every episode. No, but it's but do you know why I'm beginning to realize it's so important? Is because I feel like sometimes we think when we have emotional problems or when we are not handling things well, um, work wise, that it's just professional, so it doesn't need a personal or deeper touch. And it's like, like we kind of touched on before, when we get in the perspective right, so much of how you act at work in your relationship with work and your colleagues at work, especially in terms of how you see yourself imposter syndrome um bringing work home not having clear work-life balance confusing like you're going to talk about your personal and professional identities and so much of our confidence and how we see and view ourselves comes from and sometimes I think it's wrong if I'm honest with you it comes from um our professional lived experience and that professional lived experience is Mm -hmm. is fragile because if I go into work tomorrow and they fire me or I get, God forbid, like something happens. You know, your career is not cert certy, but it's not certified. It's not promised. Yeah. It's not permanent. Um, and I feel like when you begin to have therapy to, to understand who you are outside of a profession, outside of a job, um, it does a lot for you in terms of when you're at work, you're like, mm, nah. That's why a lot of times when people suffer tragedy in their personal life, whether it's death, whether it's loss of... A, um, loss of a parent, sibling or child, or whether it's kind of illness or sickness or anything extreme that reminds them about what's important in life, one of the first things they do is quit their job. In and of itself, that highlights that unless people are really in extreme hardship or extreme emotional problems, they tolerate working in environments that they know aren't good for them. Mm -hmm. because you know they're just part of the grind it's just part of a you know another day another dollar type mentality until you're forced to think about things in a more holistic yeah um, intentional purposeful way and so that's why therapy helps therapy helps you do that without you having to suffer from kind of external external tragedy or have a physical epiphany due to becoming a parent or you know suffering from illness and stuff like that so i recommend it and if you obviously it's not free so there are some resources that we should post up that do um
1: some workplaces offer it also yeah so it might free, be part of free, your
0: okay as well and we but did have an episode
1: <laughs> season five episode for I I don't remember all the details but I'm pretty sure we would have done some signposting in that episode it's called mind your business
0: yeah. exactly so that is my number one tip and I read it in the article I was reading today um and few articles that were written about toxic work environments by black women for black women were all recommending all recommending therapy in my view
1: yeah because it's how we internalize and how we respond to things you get to unpick that
0: i'll take it you'll take it good (laughs) but anyway um i think we've kind of come to the end of it and it's just a weird one because it's like toxic work environments are something so important that we need to discuss but, unlike other subjects, it doesn't really leave you inspired <laughs> you no, I mean? but
1: i think I think like there's always you know I think loads of our episodes, especially the earlier ones, unpicked um, the different facets of what it means to be in a toxic workplace, and I feel like today is just a it's a reminder that they exist. It's a reminder that these are the symptoms of them, but also like. You do have some power and agency over mm. yourself and what you do um in moving forward, um and like that's that's the positive in itself, you know. Yes,
0: yeah, uh, I, I, I guess
1: our, our content for ourselves and for our community allows a space to reflect, and some people will listen, and mm. it's really going to touch a nerve, and they're going to think, ah. Oh, I've got something I need to do and some people will feel like how I felt at the beginning of the episode that it's actually a celebration like yeah I know how to recognize that and I've learned how to Mm. to remove myself and manage in these situations so you know just because we did microaggressions season one all three years ago Mm -hmm. um it doesn't mean that it's not still very real It doesn't get old. And, you know, our audience is broad. We've got so many young women who are just entering the workplace, people who are only just finding the podcast. So it's always so relevant. It's always so relevant. And I guess, I guess, you know, in keeping the conversation going, it's for our listeners to come through and let us know, you know, one, if you are having a situation where perhaps you feel like your workplace is toxic or you're questioning it, we offer safe space. Email us, get at us at blackwomenworkinguk at gmail um, and open open your situation to to our community and see how we can help you. But more so for everyone who's managing, mm. share keep the conversation going hashtag BWW podcast uk and let us know your tips. What have you done mm. to manage toxic environments at work? Mm. Anyway, I did your you socials know. for you there you you see that this you is a supportive
0: it. workplace
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> So I feel like I don't even need to end it anymore but I just want to <laughs> thank everyone for listening but like most importantly tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend um we just kind of really want to get the message about what we're doing out just to provide a safe space like Shan said for black women and I feel like as time goes on and we feel more comfortable having these conversations in public and really kind of kind of amplifying our voices in terms of our lived experience it'd be really great if we can share this um with other black women who may need the support and may need the help and we get a lot of lovely messages um in our inbox from listeners who found us really helpful there's a girl um I should say girl a young lady um at my workplace and she found out about my firm through listening to the podcast as well So we're out here doing the Lord's work, I must say. Awesome. And it's not um, just sharing
1: with other black women, you know. My friend shared uh, shared one of my favourites, episode three, Mm -hmm. White Women Tears, with a white woman who was complaining about a colleague at work. And she was like, no, no, stop. You don't get to cry about this. Listen to this episode and understand the interaction. And the white woman came back and was like, oh, my God, that was me undermining not listening to you, centering myself so like
0: at an organizational level you know share with everybody work. yo yeah definitely sure. but um if you've got any suggestions for topics or things that you want us to cover um you haven't like shan said if you've got a safe space issue you want us to talk about anonymously please feel free to just reach out to us at black at gmail.com and um, we're always here to give support or for help when we can and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWW podcast UK. Please like and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Whether that's Spotify or SoundCloud. Yeah, just let us know. Just show us a bit of love and let us know that you've shown the love as well. We really appreciate it. Anyway. That's um, right, y'all. I'm going, hit, I'm leaving now to do self-evaluation to think about what boundaries I need to set to protect my peace. Does that, that mean you're not going to go, go and go do some more work? Uh, no, I'm not going to. I'm going to sit down. Here. Good. I'm tired. i love to see it, sis. Yeah, I love to see too. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to my bed. So I'm gonna sleep. I'm gonna sleep peacefully. How about that? <laughs> one
1: time. Right. All right, All right girl. girl. Speak to you on the next. Thank one. you, everyone. All right, layers. Bye.